welcome to the subtle storm where we engulf ourselves in the human experience and all things that are beautiful and stormy about it. I am Sky Storm, your host, and welcome to today's episode. Today we are going to be talking about fluidity within gender and sexuality, what that really means, because that term is relatively new and not a lot of people are super familiar with it. Sorry, I just twisted my mic around. Um, and I have talked about previously, um, one of my earlier episodes was sexual identification and how that kind of limits us within our ego. And this is in a similar basis. So if you want to get a better understanding of what I'm going to be talking about, definitely go check that episode out. But I'm just going to dive right into it. Again, this is another episode where I have no notes just off the base of my head, so bear with me if I'm missing any really core details. So basically, my personal definition of fluidity is that you interchange between definitions, labels, and and things like that. You just kind of flow. It's why it's called fluidity, because you really just flow with whatever feels right to you, whatever feels like it aligns with you in that moment, and it's always subject to change. And that can mean so many different things to so many different people. And I think that it can be really challenging, especially in today's society, um, around, like, the LGBTQ community also in general, because that's not really universally accepted as it is to just say, like, oh, I am uh, bisexual or I am gay or things like that. And, you know, in a way, there is a lot of, not in a way, there, there's a lot of prejudice around those terms in general also. And that's kind of this this weird cycle that we see around labels and sexuality within society is that anywhere you turn, like, it's not really largely accepted. So we kind of have to meet in this middle ground of, like, yeah, nothing, none of this is really accepted, but in in all parts of it. Well, of course, in more modern society, it is more um, common and more expressed and more universally accepted, but it still has that, like, underlying prejudice. So, and we see that kind of theme a lot in society. So, again, we have to meet in this place of, like, yeah, it's not necessarily accepted, but we're going to talk about it here right now in in a way that it is accepted or that we live. Because at the end of the day, like, who cares, really, what people think about you and what you're doing and how you're living your life? And that is one of the biggest things about fluidity is that you don't want to be stuck in a box, in a label, and, or you acknowledge that one box might fit you in one moment, but you might outgrow it, you might need to jump into another one, or jump back into it if it felt right, and then just flow through it however it feels right to you. And I think there's also this challenge in um, LGBTQ community where there's this narrative of, I was born this way. And I feel like I had always, me personally, I'd always had like a challenge within that because while I think in some ways, like that could totally be true. I think genetics do play a role and um, I don't think there's enough studies around that to really back any of that up. But I also think based off of the acknowledgements that I've made in uh, um, behavioral science and learning that with people and studying it by myself, things like that, 
doing statistical analysis through people that I engage with, um, that a lot of the times people are so scared of their traumas, for example, leading their sexuality. And it is not a topic talked about nearly enough. And I think that it's really, really scary for a lot of people to acknowledge that. And it's absolutely not always the case in any, in, in any sense. None of this is always the case. But it is subjective. And it is also something that we have to consider. Because we develop as humans, and I've talked about this multiple times, through trauma, through experience, through our primary attachment figures, and things like that. People that we were around a lot when we're growing up, and we we draw and we make connections. And sometimes if a connection feels unsafe with maybe a particular gender, or what they identify as a particular gender, um, that can develop as a opinion. And And we also recognize that, like, throughout life in general, the things that we've went through, we kind of repeat. So, like, if your dad was a little bit more absent, let's say, you might attract men that are a little bit more absent. And then this this cycle starts to form, and if it's never really healed, your brain might want to heal it by saying, well, actually, like, I just don't have this attraction to men because subconsciously they do this to me, but, like, I I don't know, I just maybe never felt like that. And things like that. And I think a lot of the time that is the case. And we really don't talk about it enough. Because it's like, no, but I was born this way. I've always been this way. But it's also okay to, like... I think even if you are to identify with a particular sexuality, I don't think that it's invalid if those traumas are a reason why you feel that sexuality is valid. Because... The way that I look at those labels now, at least within my fluidity, is that I think, one, those labels are a conversational piece, in my opinion. I think they really don't define us, and and we are allowed to shift through them if we feel that it's necessary. But I also think that, in a way, like, identifying as, as that is a preference, it's not necessarily, and I see this a lot with lesbians, and it's like, I hear a lot of lesbians, at least older ones, say that, you know, I'm, I'm attracted to men, but I just couldn't date one. And that in itself is kind of an explanation of like, yeah, you could maybe even have those feelings for another gender or things like that, but I'm choosing this because it feels right for me. And it feels better to be in this space with this gender or with these types of people. Or, you know, I just want to, like, demisexuals, for example. Like, it's like, you know, I'm following this and I'm communicating as this because this is what I want people to understand about me. Same thing as communication. And it's also like, you know, I could have casual sex, but it doesn't fulfill me and I don't want to. So I don't. (laughs) And this is how I'm letting you know. It's the same premise. And I think far too often, especially within younger generations of the community, it's so perpetuated that you have to only be attracted to the gender that you're qualifying that you are attracted to. Like, if you're lesbian, then you have to only be attracted to women. And if you have feelings about maybe, like, even a transgender man... Like, then you, you, you have to question it 
and you're not maybe even a real lesbian. It's the same thing with, like, saying you're a gold star lesbian. Like, there's so many little tiny issues in these communities that we really just do not talk about nearly enough. Um, For younger generations, like, even younger, younger generations coming into this think that that's real, and start to believe and, and negate themselves, negate these parts of themselves and, like, just become something that they're not and don't really learn to fully embrace who they are and all of their feelings. I personally think in a lot of ways that, like, these identifications, when they really do put you in boxes and they also really, like, fragment the mind and confuse us because me personally, I think that even despite, like, I, 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 so I communicate through labels. I communicate that I'm lesbian quite frequently because that's my preference. But I also lie within this fluid state of if somebody were to come in and flow and change that, I will flow with it because that's my feeling. That's me honoring myself enough to flow with that feeling and explore because it feels like something, you know? But I'm not going to just do that because it doesn't feel right. Like, I, I you know what I mean? So, but I think that people don't allow themselves to do that because they're like, no, but I'm, but I'm gay. So I can't, I can't really do that. And then I also, you know, and there's also this narrative of like, if I did do that, I'm not going to be accepted in my community anymore. And that's really sad because a lot of the, the times I think the queer community in general is really all just about accepting who you are and being who you are. And that's really just embraced throughout the whole community. But do we really allow ourselves to fully follow that? I don't know. It, and like, I now look at people also in some ways, like, there's so much that we're not acknowledging in ourselves. And I've realized also with, like, the more stud or masculine lesbians that I've interacted with, a lot of them have so much ego because they're fully, and this is definitely not the case for all of them, but they flow into this hyper-masculine state, and I'm not talking about physically, because I don't, I don't, I mean, like, energetically, <laughs> they flow into this hyper-masculine state and negate their femininity, but they have that femininity, they feel it, but they don't allow themselves to be feminine because they take up this masculine role with women, and they also, maybe some of them have, like, slight feelings for men, or they have traumas with men that they just don't want to deal with, not even deal with, but they don't want to, like, Suppre- uh, put themselves in situations to be uncomfortable, which is, is valid and that's okay. I do think that there is room to work on those things if the time were to arise correctly, but that's it's not for everybody. <laughs> but what I'm saying is like those I've met, and again, it's not all of them, but I've met people like this who just lead only from that like societal expectation of them and they lose track of who they really are. If they were, like, for some examples, like, if one of them, <laughs> I'm trying to, like, figure out a way to, to word this correctly, but if somebody were to, let's say, be super, super hyper-masculine, maybe they learned that when they were younger, the only way for them to be accepted or maybe, like, thought of as attractive by women was to be the masculine figure, because that's what they had seen, and that's what they knew, and that's what they took on, and then they learn later that they're like, they feel like they're lacking something subconsciously. And, you know, let's say that they start to realize, like, you know, I feel like I want to start being a little bit more feminine. And 
That's it. They flow with that and they become a whole different person because once they start embracing all facets of themselves, the real true self of them releases. But then again, like I do know women who are very healthy in their masculinity and femininity, but choose to lean more masculine because that's what feels comfortable for them. But they're not afraid of that femininity. I think we all have that, men and women, and all things in between. We all have this like feminine masculine type of energy to us that we have to really nurture both of them. And some people just comes a little bit more on one side than the other. And also some people just have preferences and like what their style is and what they like to wear and how they like to act and things like that. And that's okay. I'm not dismissing that. But there is like, I think a lot of the times in the queer community, there is just such hyper identification with the sexuality that we become so engulfed in that sexuality that it's hard to see lines outside of it anywhere. And then we don't allow ourselves to do that because we've taught ourselves internally now that it's not okay to fully express who we are in our queerness and what we like. And I think that that shows up in a lot of different ways for people in this situation. And I even, I experience this consistently where I have feelings and I get, you know, I feel like, no, I can't have that because I'm a lesbian. And then I come back to myself and I recognize like, well, but that's still valid. Even if my preference is women, it's still valid that I have this feeling for somebody who maybe doesn't identify as anything. (laughs) And that confuses me because I have been identifying with this even subconsciously, although I communicate that, you know, I acknowledge that I am fluid, but this is simply a means of communication to understand me. It's more like either way, you still communicated it and it gets internalized in your subconscious and you start to think like that. And you go to maybe prides and you show up as a lesbian and you talk about it all the time and it becomes like ingrained in your subconscious and then it just gets confusing. (laughs) And so when you allow yourself to even embrace all facets of your feelings and, and things like that, it can be really startling and it's a whole healing journey, seriously. And it's, it's very scary, but you know, I think that there's there's room to really allow ourselves to feel. But at the same time, if that doesn't feel right to you, then don't do it. And it's the same concept with gender, I think. And I, I think... I don't want to offend anybody because I do have not strong opinions, but I do have more scientific opinions. And I'm not going to relay those. But I do think that there is many in-betweens of men and women. And I would never limit anybody to anything because I think that we all have a right to feel what we feel and to identify with things if we feel like there's a need to I don't personally agree with like identifying so firmly with things but at the same time I understand why and in the beginning I think it really does help you understand who you are but when it becomes a problem is when we use that to identify ourselves and who we are at the end of the day, we're just humans. Like, we're really just existing and just living and we're changing and we're growing and we're shifting. So why why do we need to limit ours? It's like saying that our favorite color is green and then years later, like, feeling like our favorite color is pink, but then only saying, like, our favorite color is green because that's what we've said the whole time. But when in reality, our favorite color is pink now. And it's also okay to change that in a week from now, you know, it's the same concept. And I think, yeah, gender, gender flows within that, you know, I, I personally wake up some days and I feel like 
I want to dress masculine and some days I want to dress more feminine. What that means to me is going to be different from what it means to somebody else. And it doesn't like just go down to clothing. It can be the way that you move that day. It could be the way that you think that day, the way that you whatever. And that's based off of a million different experiences that you've had. Um, based off of like what feels right to you. If you feel right in this space at this time, then that is okay. Um, there again, there's this like weird narrative of like people having to stick to their gender roles, and we shame boys and men for wearing skirts and makeup and things like that. But they're really just following what feels good to them. Like, and what is wrong with that? You know, I have such a problem with these things and it's not that I want to change it. It's that I just like, not even that, that sounds ignorant, but I'd love to change it if possible, but it's not my responsibility to. I think that we all, as a society, like just are so close-minded in these things and, you know, over time, possibly it will change, but I can only be the little drop in some people's minds, you know? And just just new perspectives, really. Because I think this is a perspective that not a lot of people talk about unless you are, like, maybe non-binary or fluid and um, or even polyamorous, especially. It's the same thing, actually, with polyamory. It's, like, some people identify it differently, but, you know, it's many loves. Like, we all just, like, we have a million loves in life. And you think about it, like, how many people you've maybe dated and it's like, no, you're not going to date one person your whole life and only be committed to them. Like, we do have many loves in our life, even if we're not seeing them at the same time. And I think that that just embraces that, you know, life ebbs and flows. Um, It gives us more space to just be in the moment. And that's what I really think that fluidity is. It's being in the moment and accepting whatever we're feeling at that time and giving ourselves what we deserve within that. If I feel like... I need to be with this person and maybe that doesn't align with what I've said before, then I'll be with them. And if, you know, I never change that and if I stay within the same identity my whole life, awesome. And if I feel masculine or feminine or whatever that means, like flow with it. Who cares about what people are going to think? And I also acknowledge that that's also a really hard thing to say to yourself. Like, that I am allowed to feel and be whatever I want to be in the moment. I think that that society plays a role in that. It's not always accepting. And it's not always like, it doesn't always feel safe to do that. And that's okay. But we also have to acknowledge for ourselves that it is okay within ourselves. What? Who cares about what society thinks? What do we think? How do we feel? And um, I think as a society, again, in general, like, we don't feel enough, and I have come to feel so much that I recognize this now, and especially coming from such a dissociated state of mind my whole life, and coming into allowing myself to feel, it's crazy powerful. Sorry. (laughs) And it reminds me every day that considering that my feelings are constantly changing, I am constantly shifting as a human being. I'm learning new things. I'm experiencing, like, old experiences in a new way constantly. What, why would I tell myself that I have to stay in the same identity that I identified with in really traumatized states or in closed-minded states? Because just like we 
change and our perspective changes, our preferences, our opinions, and all of those things change. So does our sexuality, I think. And I feel like a lot of people are going to resonate with this and say, like, yeah, I've, I definitely, like, in a sense, maybe even, and you don't have to fully agree, and you don't have to fully feel this, because it's not going to feel the same for everybody, but I feel like, in a sense, like, that's, you're going to f- relate, because <laughs> I think we just, we shove so many parts of ourselves like that down, and, and it's, it's confusing, it, it's really hard, and I hear you, if you're, if you're going through it, if this maybe brought some stuff up for you, whatever it is, I hear you, and I see you, and you are valid, whatever you feel is valid, and it's okay to follow it, to be within it, to be it, and you don't have to feel like you're put in a box, or that you have to adhere to one thing, just because you said it, we are changing, everlasting, growing human beings, and we have every right to embrace all aspects and all facets of ourselves. And at the same time, if this doesn't speak to you, you don't have to flow with it. That is okay. I accept you wherever you are today. Namaste.